Well, it's my soulmate, it's the person I love. I would not be the woman I am if I did not go home to that man. Hi everyone, welcome to One True Pairing. I'm Marissa. I'm Erica. And we're so excited to have you back for another week. We're going to be talking about an amazing couple today. Yeah, one that I really should be ashamed that I don't know more about. But yeah, that's okay, because you're going to learn me up. It is. Beyonce and Jay-Z. Totally hanging my head in shame, man. Their wedding anniversary just passed. It was April 4th. They have a thing with the number four, which I love, because my birthday is October 4th. But Beyonce was September 4th. Jay-Z's birthday is December 4th, and they got married on April 4th. Yeah, see, it's I'm so not, cute. I'm not special because my birthday is March 29th, yeah. so I broke the whole four thing. You stink. But that's okay, um, I suck. And they just announced their second on the run tour. So get your tickets before they are a million dollars. They're so probably a million dollars right now. Yeah. We're going to get into lots of stuff about them from loving and struggling in private and leaning into the pain publicly. There's a true redemption story here that we love. So before we get into Jay and Bay, we need to talk about some breaking news that happened that I'm really upset about. Did you hear about the Tatums? I don't even want to talk about it. It's awful. I mean, this has now completely sullied step up for me. I know. It has sullied, you know, lip sync battle. (laughs) Yeah. Their amazing lip sync battle where she did Pony by Genuine. How do you not stay in love with someone just from that alone? (laughs) This is so upsetting. And it actually, that episode also really ties in well with what we're talking about because he does Beyonce. Right, right. In that episode as part of Lip Sync Battle. And Beyonce comes out. What even happened there? I don't know. Charlie and Jenna, you guys have to get back together. This is very upsetting. I don't believe in love anymore. (laughs) Their message was very sweet and not, I mean, they basically were like, there's no salacious gossip. There's no scandal. There's no cheating. Like, you know, it sounded like they just feel like they've grown apart. And I was really surprised because they're 37. I just got the impression that they met so much younger. They met when they were like 28. And I, I feel like Step Up, they seem, obviously because they play high school students, they seem like they might have been like 22 or 23. Yeah. And if they had been that young, I could kind of see it more like you've grown apart. But it's only been nine years. Get it together, Get guys. it together. Get, get back together. This is upsetting. And they have their cute little girl, Everly, who's five. What is even happening? What are you going to do to her life? Like, think about us and your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but, but mainly think about us. And on, other, on the other hand, now I have a shot at dating either one of them. <laughs> So I'll take that. I like this. Yeah. I like this. Channing, call Marissa. Yeah. She wants to go on a date with you. Hit me up. Um, did you see the cover of Entertainment I Weekly? I did. The Dawson's Creek cover, right? Yeah. A little reunion. Yeah. Did you watch that? Of course I watched it. Who didn't watch it? I did not. Really? I think I was a little young for it. Hi. Marissa <laughs> just called me old. Sorry. Or like, I could have watched it. Like, I was on that cusp of it could have been my, my mm-hmm. teenage show, but it wasn't for whatever reason. That's okay. It was totally angsty, drama, amazingness. Like, none of it could yeah. ever happen in real life, but it was fun to watch. Yeah. That and, like, 90210. See, I think... Which you probably didn't watch either. I didn't watch that either. I feel like oh, I was fuck. watching, like, Boy Meets World. Like, that was my, like, young mm. love. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. But you missed out. You missed out. I'm sure I did. Totally um, Team Pacey. So I am, too, because I just, I like that they're both brunettes. <laughs> like when I was that young, I was like, yeah, brunettes have to go together and the blondes have to go together. <laughs> I just made a total skeptical face. <laughs> you, you did. But you see, Pacey was just awesome and amazing and wonderful. And Dawson was kind of a freaking drip asshole dude. Yeah. Like he was probably the original fuckboy. Someone is going to at us right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm team Dawson. You don't know what you're talking about, which is completely fair. Everyone has their opinions. Doesn't mean you're right. Does not mean they're right. That's rude. <laughs> That's so rude. Also, Real Housewives of New York premiered, and oh, it was yeah. 
in one episode, they managed to be so much cooler than the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills have been all season I need long. to catch up because I am so behind. I don't remember who likes who now anymore. All I've got to say is Luanne DeLessibs shows up dressed as Diana Ross with oh, like God. a horrible spray tan, oh, very God. close to being blackface, and a gigantic fro wig. Like not even a, a good looking one. It's like almost... It's it's gargantuan. It's bigger than her whole body. Her, her like downfall on that show has just been so sad to watch because she was so hoity toity mm-hmm. and I know everything about etiquette and all that and like now you're showing up basically in blackface. Yeah. And there is no class with the countess anymore. No. She actually wrote a book called Class with the I Countess. Know. And I hope that there's a chapter in there somewhere that she can refer to about not showing up to a Halloween party in what's yeah. essentially blackface. That should be like chapter three. Yeah. Maybe don't be racially insensitive. Yeah. So speaking of books on etiquette. Yes. What are you working on? A classy book? So many good books. So many classy books. This week, well, we've been working on a lot of stuff for next year, actually. But I'm getting really pumped for May. We have a new Nora Roberts coming out, Shelter in Place. That's going to be amazing. Um, And I'm working on a new romance, a romantic comedy called The Real Deal by Lauren Blakely. That's also coming out in July. And it's going to be so fun. So that's what I'm excited about. And actually, our producer just told me about a new book that just dropped from Ellen Hendrickson, a.k.a. The Savvy Psychologist. And it's called How to Be Yourself, Quiet Your Inner Critic, and Rise Above Social Anxiety, which we all need. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it's all about overcoming social anxiety and being your truest self. So we're really happy to give her a shout out. And unless you're Beyonce, I think everyone can use a little help sometimes with um, social anxiety and and being true to yourself. I actually kind of want to read that book so I can learn how to act right in public situations because I don't know that I know how to act right. I may not be anxious about it, but I bet this person will also tell you things like that thing you're thinking about doing is a terrible idea. Yeah, I think you could use that. I can totally (laughs) use that. So those books are what I'm excited to be working on and it's going to be so fun. So what are you working on? I am working on a book that I've been working on since last year and it's such a labor of love. It just celebrated its 10th week on the New York Times list. The Wife Between Us by Sarah Pekkanen and Greer Hendricks. If you've not read it, download it. There's an audiobook and the audiobook is amazing. It's probably one of the best books I've ever read and I've been working on it since April of last year and it's so gratifying to see people really embrace it. Like Becky, our producer, is sitting over there nodding like, yeah, because she (laughs) loves this book too. And I'm also working on a metric ton of books that are coming out this summer. Ooh, most fun though. Mary Kay Andrews, High Tide Club, on sale May 8th. And right now we're running a really cool promotion right up until that day. The link is in our show notes. We're giving away wine sippy cups with every pre-order. It's literally a wine travel cup. It's my favorite promo item ever. I have one that I drink out of right now. But it's the perfect item to take with you to the beach if you're taking an MKA book with you because they're all great beach reads. We'll link to all these books in the show notes, but you've got to buy your own rosé to drink with these books. They won't let me send rosé. Rosé not included. Rosé not included. (laughs) I know. It's sad. But since it's too early in the morning to have rosé anyway, let's just hop into the Bay and J. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready to learn about Beyonce. But before Marissa starts, I just want to give you guys a little anecdote because I thought this was funny. When prepping to do this podcast, Marissa gave me a quintessential list of songs that I had to listen to for Beyonce. Sort of. I mean, it wasn't like the best of the best ever. It was my favorites from Lemonade. Which is fair because I had never listened to any song on Lemonade, which again, feel free to at me on this because (laughs) that is just so pathetic and awful. I know the whole story behind it. Had I listened to any songs? No. But what I don't think I told you, 
None of the songs are on Spotify. Right. So I had to watch the music videos on Vivo, which was probably a better way yeah. to ingest this Vivo. album. I love Vivo. Is it Vivo? Is I spent a lot of nights staying up till three in the morning watching videos on Vivo. <laughs> but so I'm on the Stairmaster, and I forget which one was it? Which is the one where she's breaking glass? Hold Up. That, okay, yeah. I was watching Hold Up. And I kept, I kept upping my level. Yeah. It's like, yes, I'm with you, bitch. <laughs> how does anyone look so amazing while being super ragey with a smile on her face, breaking windows? So now I'm ready. I'm pumped to learn more about their relationship. Good, good, good. Well, we're going to get into Lemonade and all of that. But we'll start from the beginning. Yeah, I need background. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of details about their lives. And I'm going to kind of go through more of the highlights of it. But, you know, Beyonce was born in, in Houston, Texas. Her mom was a hairdresser and a salon owner, and her father was a Xerox sales manager. And so her name, actually, Beyonce, is a tribute to her mom's maiden name, which is Beyonce. We're going to say that. It's Beyonce, but with an I. Let us know if we're pronouncing anything wrong, guys. Definitely. Um, You know her sister, Solange. Yes. Yes. I love Solange. Yes. So, you know, she was a young girl. She was in dance classes and stuff. And her singing talent was discovered when she finished a song that her dance instructor was, like, singing. And then they were like, wow, you're super talented. So then she started a girl group called Girls Time with some friends. And she was just eight years old. So So this is Abby pre-Destiny's Child. pre-Destiny's Child. Okay, cool. And they went to, like, talent shows. And then her dad decided to make his job to be their manager. That caused a lot of stress in the family. Eventually, her parents got divorced, unfortunately. Um, but then they got picked up by Sony and got a contract from Columbia. So then I guess the group turned into Destiny's Child. And that phrase is from a passage in the book of Isaiah. Fun fact. That's actually kind of cool. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. And Destiny's Child, I had a Destiny's Child CD. Is it then- the first one? I think so. Was it the first one where the first song is like them pretending to be Mafia? Yes. The Godfather? Yes. That is my favorite thing ever. I love that album so much. And as an Italian, I was just like, yes, this is amazing. Be the Godfather, Beyonce. Thank you. I'm still convinced that you're mobbed up. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) But as with any girl group, any group really, but there was a lot of drama and members changed. And then eventually we got the three members that we know and love. And then... She decided to pursue her solo career, starting with a role in Austin Powers. <laughs> Which, oh God, I Which remember. Was, I loved. That. I love that movie. Oh no, <laughs> I had to stop. The second one with Heather Graham was really good, and then yeah. I watched this one, and she was Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah, I was like, no, please stop. <laughs> but I mean, she looked amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've liked all of her movie roles. I have to say, she's done a good job. She was in Dreamgirls. Later, I like Dreamgirls, and um, she's really good in that. So her first solo recording, yeah, was with Jay Z. So they, it what? sets up their love right from the beginning. And that was 03, Bonnie and Clyde, which I tried to play for you as we were coming down here and it wasn't loading and I was really mad. But we're going to listen to it later. It's okay. <laughs> Wi-Fi and the Flatiron yeah. is what it is. I can love- I listen to it or do I have to watch it on Vivo? No, you can listen to it. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll find it. But it's just, it's such a great song. It's like me and my girlfriend, like ride or die. We're going to... I think I know this song. You probably do. I probably you do. Probably I probably do. just it don't know it's called big. Bonnie and Clyde. It was real big. And then we have her Dangerously in Love Years. I do have this album. Yes. Also a great album. Lead single, Crazy in Love, again with our Jay-Z, which is one of my favorite songs of hers ever. I love that song. I also really like that music video because yes. I remember this song came out back in MTV's sort of heyday. Yeah. And I remember watching that video going, this bitch is dancing in heels, yes. like hardcore. She's. I'm super impressed and I want to learn how to do all that. And I felt like it was such a good like breakthrough like solo song I feel like I mean she had other ones but I just feel like that one set her up to like she was Beyonce and there was no 
There's no denying her. Is and that when she became like Beyonce trademarked? There I is think no so. other. I think so. Okay. <laughs> um, and she won a lot of Grammys for that album. Um, and then they recorded the final Destiny's Child album. But then they announced it was over. Sad. Well, um, I love Destiny's Child. Rip. <laughs> um, did you just say rip? I did. <laughs> That's not how you say it. But I say rip. That's okay. You say whatever you want. You um, live your truth. Yes. So then our next album, B-Day, also featured the first lead single was with Jay-Z. That was Upgrade You, I believe. Another great song. So there's a pattern here where she's making amazing music with him. Mm-hmm. So then in 2008, she marries Jay-Z. No one is surprised. She he puts a ring on it. Well, listen, if I were dating Beyonce, I'd have put a ring on it before 20, 2008. But that's yeah. that's just me. So I think I should stop and go back now and do a little bit of his history. Okay, and then we'll do actually, them as a couple. His music I'm a lot more familiar okay. with. Because growing up, I was big hip-hop head. Wu-Tang, Biggie, yeah. Tupac. I can recite the entire Black album. I don't know his history, though. Okay, so his name is Sean Corey Carter. His name, fun fact, is not from the JMZ line, actually. Hmm. He used to be called Jazzy around his neighborhood. And so he he kind of shortened that to Jay-Z um, in honor of his mentor. I think Jazzo is how you say it. Oh, I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't the JMZ line because yeah. I took the JMZ. Yeah. Uh, he was born in Bed-Stuy. I grew up in Bushwick. Yeah. Bushwick is so close to Bed-Stuy. My yes. parents actually still have their house in Brooklyn. In Bushwick, same place where we always lived. What up? You should be friends with Jay-Z. I should have been friends um, with Jay-Z. I could be Beyonce, except I can't sing. I'm not nearly as hot, and I can't dance that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he went to a bunch of different high schools, but the cool thing is he attended the same high school as the Notorious B.I.G. and Buster Rhymes. Holla! He Sorry, also, I love Buster Rhymes, too. Um, he also attended Trenton Central High School in New Jersey. He didn't graduate, um, and he had a, a rougher life than, than Beyonce did growing up. So well, you know, to be he, fair, Brooklyn back in that day yeah. was, I mean— you didn't go hang out in Bed-Stuy. People no. didn't spend a shit ton of money on apartments in Bushwick or Bed-Stuy. Right. That was, that yeah. was, you were, you were in the ghetto. So like in his high school, if he sold crack cocaine, he was shot three times. And yeah, so he definitely was like on the streets. And that, that makes his story so much more powerful too, the way he was able to like overcome a lot of adversity and make something of his music and be able to have such a successful life and set a good example for so many people. So his first album was Reasonable Doubt. Do you know that one? Of course. Okay, cool. <laughs> what? I listen to all of his music. I'm not as familiar, familiar with, for him with which songs are off of which albums. Mm-hmm. So you might you can educate me on that. And then he joined Def Jam in 1997 and released In My Lifetime, Volume 1. Yep. Which was written while he was grappling with the death of Biggie, who was one of his really close friends. Yeah, oh. Actually, fun fact about me. While I was in high school, when Biggie died, they drove his hearse past our school. Oh, wow. And the school actually let us out so that we could watch as they paraded wow. his hearse past. Because he also grew up in yeah. Bed-Stuy. Anyone that you knew in high school, whenever the histor- the anniversary of his death mm-hmm. rolls around, we're all just like, R.I.P. B.I.G. Yeah, it's, it's pronounced rip. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's pronounced rip. Go. Um, okay, I have to go back to one fun fact that... I highlighted in these notes because it made me laugh so hard. Go. So Jay-Z and LL Cool J got into a lot of battles in the early 90s. <laughs> and I, I saw, remember those. I saw LL Cool J a couple years ago at Austin City Limits. and But, like, I wasn't ready for it. Like, he came out and I was just like, wow. Like, I didn't I didn't think of him as so much of, a, like, a rapper. He just always has been, like... LL Cool J. Yeah. He definitely has more of the kind of sexy vibe, obviously, oh, yeah. than Jay-Z does and stuff. So I just was trying to picture those rap battles and how L could have ever won, LL to be actually, honest. <laughs> LL tried to be a gangster rapper I for know, a yeah. long time. Okay. So then 
as I mentioned, his first song with Beyonce was Bonnie and Clyde, which is a huge hit off his seventh album. Yep. Um, so you're welcome. Thank you. To him. And he's he's done a ton of albums, a ton of collab albums. Um, I love uh, Watch the Throne with, with Kanye, which mm-hmm. came out a few years ago, personally. And then comes the Magna Carta Holy Grail, which was sold over 500,000 copies in the first week. It yep. got nine Grammy noms, more than any other artist, and just like killed it. And around this time is when he appeared on Drunk in Love with mm-hmm. Beyonce, which is off her self-titled album, obviously called Beyonce, which is another really good couple song for them. I've not heard that one. <sighs> I know. I suck. <laughs> You're going to leave this loving them. so I'm ready. Okay. So now I'm going to get more into their relationship. So I thought this was so interesting. They met between 1999 and 2000, which A is 18 years ago, if Thanks. I'm doing my math correctly. You are absolutely right. That was also the year I graduated high school. But I'm like, so old. <laughs> I wasn't saying that because you're old. I was saying because I didn't. I don't think of them as having been together that long. Like, I don't know. 03 seems like not that far away to me. It seems like five years ago, even though it's not. But it was a long time. Yeah. And that's awesome that they've been together that long. Yeah. That speaks and to she the was solidity 18. of their relationship. She was 18. So... That's a really young age to like get into basically your most formative relationship. But they were friends first, mm-hmm. and they literally talked on the phone for like a year and a half. Nice. Um, and then they started formally dating in 2001, and they would like wine and dine, and that's how it all started. Um, and <laughs> this is interesting. They they um, heeded Oprah's advice to not go public with their relationship, which, I mean, if Oprah tells you to do something. You should just you listen should to Oprah it. at all times. I mean, yeah. she's fucking Oprah. Like, What do you think she would say to us about morning wine recordings <laughs> i feel like oprah would be not about it in okay. this particular instance i would want to take hoda and kathy lee's advice which okay. would be open that <laughs> you shit you need it you, you need, need that it. yeah because you're okay. smarter with it so the, i think that probably set them up really for what is kind of their their image as a couple kind of which is very private so mm-hmm. they they got married in secret essentially no one was surprised but like no it was in his manhattan penthouse the, and they had 10,000 orchids flown in from Thailand. That's some legit fucking yeah. money. Right? <laughs> yeah. But they kept it private because they were like, we need something to be sacred for just the two of us. That's um, wonderful. And I feel like, so they've, they've done that, I feel like, throughout their whole relationship. They've kept everything very private. They're very opposite of a lot of other couples that, that we love that talk about everything. Yeah. Like, you know, she hardly talks on social media that, like, really, like, says things on social media. She posts on Instagram and stuff. But I don't feel like she's necessarily always communicating with her fans. You mean, like, Chrissy Teigen, who I've been following the saga of she managed to somehow buy, like, five pounds of limes and bake 20 <laughs> right. lime pies or something like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we would never know that about Beyonce. Right. Yeah. Which, um, fair. I mean, I got to applaud that. Yeah, it's probably how you manage to keep your relationship and your family rock solid. Yes, exactly. Um, so 2010, 2011, they she really wanted to have a baby, um, and she ended up having a miscarriage before they had their first child. And there's even a song about it on Beyonce that called Heaven that's about it. So Aww. they also very struggled, and I think that's important too that they've struggled in private because obviously anything that like that is going to break on the news and mm-hmm. be public, but having that time for them to heal on their own, I think is really important and is probably how they've maintained their relationship. Uh, Since she had Blue Ivy, but before that she announced that she was pregnant with Blue Ivy Mm -hmm. when she performed Love on Top at the the VMAs. So she like, well, I think she announced it on the red carpet. 
No, Maybe. she went out. I remember this. I actually do remember this. She went out to perform. She was getting ready to perform. Yeah. And then she kind of stood and sideways. Ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. And like That's lifted her shirt okay. a little and did the whole like belly massage. Yes. And the whole room erupted. I loved that. I thought that was the cutest way to it. Like, it wasn't that it. I watched the award show. It was just all over the news yeah. the next morning. Yeah. Great song. Great way to announce babies. Everyone yeah. should do it that way. Totally sorry that I don't know that song. I feel like I should. Because I know that yeah. monumentous moment in music history. Yes. But then they did have little baby Blue Ivy Carter, ah. who is like the spitting image of Jay-Z. She is cute. And she was the youngest person ever to appear on the Billboard chart because he featured her crying on a song called Glory. Aww. So she's already killing the game. She also, didn't she just buy a $19,000 painting at some Sotheby's auction or some <laughs> shit like so. that? I think so, something like that, yeah. They, t- they took her to an auction and she raised her hand and they were like, 9000 yeah. to the toddler. <laughs> That must I be mean, fun. You know she's got it in her allowance. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna put that painting up in her bedroom that my whole house yeah. could fit in. Yes, yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah. So she's so cute. And then they ha- just had twins recently, Rumi and Sir. Rumi like they the poet. A cute little family. That's going lovely. On. They're yeah. so sweet. Aw, I love learning all this fun stuff. We have so much more fun and some not so fun stuff coming up after this quick word from our sponsors. Um, so now we have to get into some not so fun stuff, though. You um, mean the stuff that I actually the know stuff about? You actually know about, yeah. So, you know, she's she's been doing crazy well with our albums. She, you know, gave birth. She took a break for a little bit. She wanted to kind of be inspired again. So then she went on one of the most successful tours, the Mrs. Carter Show World Tour, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, she released Beyonce, her self-titled album, and the. Numbers on this are crazy. In the last 19 days of 2013, she sold enough albums to get to the top of the best-selling albums of 2013 Shut in the 19 fuck days. Up. Yeah, and then she didn't win Academy of, or sorry, she didn't win Album of the Year because she was robbed. Um, Who won? Beck won. Wait, Beck like yeah, Beck like Beck the, the Beck Beck really? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and scratch my head for a hot minute. Yeah, you too. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I didn't realize people still listen to Beck. But she was she was then. like, whatever, you you want to be awful, fine. I'm going to go on my On the Run tour, and me and Jay-Z are going to co-headline it. It's going to be amazing. Then comes Lemonade. Lemonade, I had not listened to, like I said before. Yes. But I know the whole story behind it because, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Totally interrupt and tell me, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up, okay. you're an idiot. He cheated on her. Yes. And this was her big double middle finger out to him even though they're still together this album is all her releasing all of her anger at him for cheating on her sort of okay so yes it is all about the cheating but he recorded his album 444 kind of at the same time and and it was like joint therapy like jay said um that for him it was kind of like sitting in the eye of the hurricane because they were forced to be in it with one another which i think is really cool (laughs) That's actually really great for musicians anyway, a super healthy way to deal with it. Yeah. She got all her aggression and her rage out in this music. He got all of his, because I've listened to 444 and mm-hmm. I love that album with yeah. the fire of a thousand suns. He got all of his apologies and mea culpas publicly yes. out of the way in their music. Yes. It's kind of it's kind of beautiful when you think about it. Yeah. And you I mean, you see the progression, I think, in Lemonade, where a lot of the early songs in this in the album are very like yeah, fuck you. You cheated on me. Like, do you know who I am? Like, I'm I'm 
fucking Beyonce. Like, what are you doing? And what are you doing to our family? And then they progress into kind of the healing aspect of it and like learning to forgive and love again, which is beautiful. And so Jay said in an interview, just kind of that like these with this cheating thing, like they could have either addressed it or pretended it never happened and watched it blow up and ruin their life basically and for them they wanted to fight for their love they wanted to give like their kids a different outcome and like break that cycle I think they just set a really good example for like how you can heal from something like that but just how you can forgive that's a beautiful message she is strong as hell man yeah it's like I'm gonna record all my rage and not actively punch you in the dick so becky with the good hair is her name actually becky do we know if her name is becky we don't know we don't know there's rumors about who it is but we don't know and that was i mean that's one of the best lines though (laughs) and that's from sorry which is a song i told you to listen to which i did okay so allegedly the becky with the good hair could be Rachel Roy. And okay. so you've heard of the elevator incident. Oh yeah. yeah. So that, that was when I discovered Solange and her music, which yeah. is amazeballs. But <laughs> so that came about at the Met Gala. Um, Solange, I think, kind of had an interaction with Rachel. And then they went to the elevator and she beat the crap out of Jay-Z. <laughs> which, and, come on, fair. I mean, yeah. if I found out that my brother-in-law cheated on my sister and my sister was, you know, handling yeah. it like an adult, I would probably handle it like a right. five-year-old whose toy you took and I would be punching you in the dick. Right. Um, and they both kind of confirm that this is that it was about the cheating because he confirmed it on a song in 444 and then she mentions it in the Flawless remix where she says, of course, sometimes shit go down when there's a billion dollars on an elevator. And then they didn't, true. they didn't go to Kanye's wedding because she was there, yes, right? Yes, Rachel was, was there. Okay. So, so, yeah, I think... The album had so much, like, juicy drama around it. Mm -hmm. But I really like that at the core of both the albums, like, it is about the forgiveness story and them. And at the end of the day, it's their relationship. Fuck the world. It's about them and their family and keeping their love together. And so I kind of, I really like, I really like that. And he says, he says in an interview, like, you know, the best apology is change behavior. So I just love how he owns up to the whole thing. Like, it's such the mark of, like, a good man. He acknowledges everything how he's hurt her, how he's hurt his family, and how he can change, and actually making steps to change. And he's not making excuses. Yeah. I just find it fascinating that as private as the two of them are, that this whole thing blew up so publicly. And then instead of, you know, retreating into themselves, they kind of lean into it in Mm -hmm. the most productive way possible by releasing both of these albums. It's just... Productive is a good word for it, too. Because, yeah, it would be so easy to just hide away and like yeah they might have tried to work on it on their own and done therapy or something like that but to to do it in front of everyone yeah is such a declaration of their love and that they're gonna try so it's almost like okay well we've made these albums and we've said we're gonna stick together like it's just another i feel like another motivation yeah to to stay together and and give it a shot and it's kind of I don't know. It illustrates a more healthy way to live in a celebrity relationship because yeah. you see celebs cheating on them, cheating on each other, left, right, and center when they're married to each other. Yeah, and it seems sometimes that the only Hollywood marriages that work are the ones where one person is in Hollywood and the other one is mm-hmm. not. It's just it's mind boggling, and yeah. it's cool that you know Beyonce and Jay kept their relationship so private for their kids, for their family have this whole thing blow up in their faces, but kind of lean into it with the album and then retreat back to being private. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're going to give you this. Like, we're going to give our fans, like, this look into our lives, into one of the most horrible personal moments of our lives. But then we're going to go back to our usual programming where you get 
an awesome Instagram photo once in a while and you get music and you get music and enjoy the music because because I think for them the music really is them it speaks for them so it's kind of like you don't need me tweeting all the time about my what I'm eating or anything like that Mm -hmm. because I'm telling you in my music that I have hot sauce in my bag like that's where I'm telling you about myself just listen to the music (laughs) who has hot sauce in their bag Beyonce if you listen to formation like I told you to you would know that Um, I mean it's fair I I recognize I am not good at a lot of things and knowing why Beyonce has hot sauce in her bag is is one one of them that's one of my favorite songs off the album and it's actually I didn't realize it was the it's the last song on the album Mm -hmm. and that's what I was saying like the progression like there's all this hurt and pain and and getting over things and then formation is so it's kind of like the the funnest song on the album and is kind of more back to what you expect from her of like you know the the lyrics are like come on ladies now let's get in formation like got it get dancing we're gonna dance it out we're gonna live our lives I have to ask now have I convinced you do you ship it or skip it I ship them. Yeah. I I have some work to do on my Beyonce music. I recognize this. Seriously, come at me. I'm still mad that I didn't actually listen or watch Lemonade. <laughs> it's bad. It's you really still bad. Can. I know. It's still yeah. there. It's just, you know, this was a really integral part of the music scene last year, and I had no fucking clue what was going <laughs> on because I'm a moron. But I will correct that after yes. the marathon meetings I have today. Great. Anyway, um, I, I ship the shit out of them. I also ship the shit out of them. I think they're beautiful physically and emotionally. <laughs> and they adult so hard. Yes. They adulted so hard through the cheating. Yes. I mean. And their family is just so cute. I can't wait to see, like, what Blue Ivy is like as she grows up. Like, uh, Blue Ivy's already buying $19,000 paintings. But She's going to ball hard. I can't, wait, like, I can't wait to see what she does. Whether she goes into music or if she just becomes a boss bitch and owns her own company or whatever. Like, you just know... She's going to do cool things. I'm going boss bitch. Again, $19,000 painting. Maybe she'll get into into fashion or something. She side-eyes her parents already. Maybe she'll bring back the the old Destiny's Child matching looks. Mm, I love that. Awesome. Just all sparkly and denim everywhere. Go ahead. Okay, 99 Problems is one of my favorite Jay-Z songs. I can actually recite the whole fucking song if I need to because it's one of my favorites. I'm going to need evidence of that later. I will totally, I will sit in your office and rap the whole album if you want. So let's do this like back and forth quick fire. Like you name a problem, I'll name a problem. So ready? Snow. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even get to say ready, go. Okay. So snow was yours. Snow was mine. Okay. Stomach bugs. (laughs) PMS. Oh. Yeah. Um, That's me today. So much PMS. TMI guys, sorry. What are you talking about? Everybody's got problems. My That's main the whole thing point of being this? sick all week. That was my main problem. That was your problem this yeah. week. Oh, not wanting to leave my couch. That's a problem. Work. Work is a problem. Work is always a problem. Yeah. Even though they give you money for it, it's still a problem. I'm going to get more general. People who walk really slow on the sidewalk, get yeah. out of my way. There were so many people like that this morning. Yeah. Um, people who get on the train before they let people off the yeah. train. These are super New York-centric guys, sorry. People who wear puffy jackets in the... Summer. My ex work wife would, or my, she's my work wife for life. Heather would totally be all about yeah. that. She's got a hashtag specifically about coat watch. Yeah. <laughs> Women coat watch. who wear heels in the snow. There were so many yeah. people like that on the LIR platform this morning. I was just like, you dumb bitch. People who don't, when it's like raining or snowing and you have your umbrella, like don't look at you. So, like, you got to raise your umbrella up or down to like not hit each other. Yeah. So, like, be aware of your surroundings. People who don't mind their children in stores and they go running around like little psycho crumb snatching yes. brats. 
Yeah. Yeah. I could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. One more. When I don't have coffee in my house. Yes. That's a huge problem. That is sad. You don't recognize that because you don't drink coffee. I know. But I'm sad for you. Thank you. All right. So we want to know what your problems are. <laughs> and we actually do want to know what your problems yeah. are. I feel like this could be real funny. We want to know a couple things. Tell us your problems. We're at Twitter at OTP underscore pod. We also want to know what your favorite Beyonce Jay-Z collab song is. I'm going to go and say mine is, I think it's Bonnie and Clyde. Just OG original. I'm going to say you don't Bonnie even know. and Clyde because I don't even know. Yeah, it's true. I don't even know. Listen, I can't even make a... Listen to the songs and then tweet at us. Okay. Okay. Now that I've resurrected my Twitter. Yes. But we want to know what you guys like, so let us know. Also, be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. Next time, we have two special guests from Tour.com, Natalie Zuder and Emily Asher Perrin. They're going to take us through all of the ships in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a.k.a. MCU, from friendships to relationships to some slash ships as well. It's a pretty killer episode that we're really excited about. All right, on that note, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Clink, clink. (laughs) 